0: See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Chantilly Kia. Let's ride together. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Orsman Fairfax Toyota. Let's ride together.
1: Hey guys, what's up? This is Josh Norman. This is Joe Gibbs. You listen to Redskins Talk what up
2: everybody J.P. Finley it was a long week in Atlanta at the Super Bowl and we got to thank the great folks at Orsman Automotive of Virginia they ride with us we ride with them they rode with us all the way to Atlanta and we really appreciate them being a part of the Redskins Talk Podcast we just had a killer week in Atlanta for the Super Bowl I know the Super Bowl was a dud but the Redskins Talk Podcast shows we did every day from Radio Row were the total opposite Uh, we killed it down there we had a blast and before we move on and and kind of dig into free agency in the draft and everything that's going to happen moving forward I wanted to just do a best of from Super Bowl week in Atlanta Rob Ryan, Bruce Allen, Joe Gibbs I, it was a uh, it was a pretty wild week I hope you guys enjoyed it and we included the Peter King interview where he really talks about what is to come for the Redskins always, always, always thanking the good folks at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia we ride with them, y'all should do the exact same thing particularly over at Oarsman Fairfax Toyota, but right now it's Time to uh, relive the Super Bowl one more time. Redskins talk style. Big, big, big time honor to have Redskins team president Bruce Allen sit down with us. Thanks for taking a few minutes.
3: My pleasure. What we'll brought you down to the Super Bowl? Well, there's this game called the Super Bowl Sure. Down sure. There, Is that what we're all here for? And Sometimes it doesn't here. seem like that. Yeah. And we have a lot of our business partners and uh, suite holders down here, and we do a lot of functions for Super Bowl week. Sure. It's it's been a busy week.
2: Some some big name hires. Uh, new offensive coordinator. Let, let's start there. What went into the decision to promote Kevin O'Connell from? his role as QB's coach and
3: passing game coordinator all the way up to OC? Well, Jay, at the end of the season, took him uh, about two weeks to decide what he wanted the staff to look like. Uh, he interviewed a lot of people around the league. He talked to a lot of people, whether he was interviewing or getting new ideas. And His goal was to come up with the right chemistry on the coaching staff of new ideas, ideas. Uh, Fresh ideas and a way to approach our our 2019 season that will get the best out of our players. And and from that, he he did make some coaching staff changes on on offense, defense, and obviously special. Sure.
2: What went into the decision, though, to promote O'Connell, and, and, and what does it mean for Matt Cavanaugh and Bill Callahan, guys that have had a, a big part of that role?
3: Well, uh, for Bill, it doesn't change anything. For Matt, uh, and I'll let Jay speak to it, he created a role that we probably were missing. Um, he's going to be involved directly with Jay with a lot of the weekly preparation, uh, the dance scout, and from a coaching perspective. We have a, a talented scouting staff, but when you're looking at an upcoming opponent, while some coaches are focused on getting a third, third and four on Sunday, uh, someone having the vision of looking maybe a week out and getting a head start on some of the opponents and
2: and several other uh, especially you get in those tight windows where you got a Thursday game and then a, you know what I mean. I, I can see that being a big help. No.
3: But Jay and, and Matt have a, a very similar mind. Uh, and, Matt obviously knows what Jay wants to accomplish on offense, and it's going to allow us to maybe get a little bit more information than we've been getting in the
2: past. How, how will the changes impact play calling? Gruden's been calling the plays since Sean McVay left. Is that going to change? Yeah, Jay,
3: what, you think Sean's coming back? I don't think him? Sean's coming back. <laughs> I, I,
2: who's going to be calling the plays? Jay, right now, Jay's still planning on calling. The plays. Gotcha, gotcha. And then defensively, adding Rob Ryan, this place was buzzing yesterday when Rob Ryan was walking around. By Jim, and bringing back Jim Tomsula. And getting Jim Tomsula
3: back under contract. How important are those moves? Well, I, I think it's great. I, and, you know, Greg Minuski now has uh, Ray Horton was a former sure. defensive coordinator. Rob Ryan's a former yeah. defensive coordinator. And, and Jim and, and Greg have a great relationship. But Jim being a former head coach, sure. it, it really is giving that defensive side of the ball Once again, some fresh ideas, some uh, experienced eyes to look at the film in order to make the right decisions.
2: A a cynic might suggest that there's added pressure on Greg Minuski now because there are all these other D coordinators there. That if there was a change to be made, hey, we got guys we can
3: promote. Is that accurate? No. The the pressure, we want to win. We want to win that opening game. As soon as the schedule comes out, that's what you're going to see around Renskid Park. We want to beat X team, and everyone's focus is going to be on that, and we know what we have to accomplish.
2: How involved are you in the coaching search and, and interviewing
3: guys? No, Jay, Jay ran it. Um, he interviewed several people. I, you know, He didn't come down to the Senior Bowl. He was right. interviewing people that week, and uh, in the Rob case, he had interviewed Rob a, a couple years before.
2: Rob said he called
3: Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did this time, but they had interviewed before. And uh, uh, this time, it worked out for both of us. Okay, let's uh,
2: let's talk a little bit about Alex. There was a report that you guys are preparing for twenty nineteen that Alex won't be
3: playing. Is that accurate? No, I, it didn't come from the Washington Redskins, and it didn't come from the doctors. So I don't know. Why. So you think there's, there's a, a chance Alex is
2: playing next
3: year? No, I, I didn't say that. We're gonna, right. we're taking this the way the same way Alex approaches a, a game or a game plan or an offseason. It's one day at a time. He's following the doctor's orders. He's got to follow the doctor's orders. I know he wants to try and do some things earlier if possible, but at the, at the right time, we'll know when he can play, but we're not even thinking about that.
2: Peter King sat in that chair. I imagine you know Peter. Yes, I do. And he said the Redskins have to take a quarterback in the first round
3: of the draft. Is he already put his mock out? He gets really mad when we don't take mock
4: <laughs> How much do you pay attention to those mocks? We them? don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't influence the pick at all. No. Do you have to take a quarterback in the first round? No, we do not have to. Do you need to add a quarterback in this draft,
3: though? Well, right right now we have one quarterback under contract. That's true. That's going to be able to start in March for sure, and that's Colt McCoy. So. Does Josh Johnson come back? Yeah, we, we're talking to his agent right now. He, he's going to have to make because he he's got the uh, the San Diego uh, job too,
2: yeah. right? Aren't they about to kick off? Yeah, I, okay. The, uh, the, the, the alliance, 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 right, right, all right. Yeah. Um, other uh, last week when we talked to Mobile. Uh, you said most of the free agency stuff's going to cook up around the combine. Is that still right? Still true. Okay. Um, the fans were very frustrated, and they—they're all over social media being frustrated. Do you think the coaching moves will make the
3: fans happy? Well, i, I, I think the results are what makes the fans happy. Uh, as long as—as as long as we're doing everything we can to get prepared for those players to come into our building in March and have a productive offseason. That's what the fans want. Um, I got to ask, I think
2: this would be a great opportunity for you to go ahead and break the news of the new stadium live here on the My Teams app and on the Redskins Talk podcast. Doesn't
4: that make sense? Yeah, I think it's perfect. Well, well, hey, Atlanta, new stadium. New stadium. Do you get to take a look at it? Do you get ideas? uh, We we did come tour this while it was being built. Dan made
3: sure we came in three different uh, times during the last year to see the development. Um, But no, this isn't the right time I thought it might be It
2: felt like like we were going to do it I'm, I'm guessing you stay off Twitter, is that right? Are man. you a Twitter guy? <laughs> um, Elizabeth Warren is a senator from Massachusetts, I believe. Yes. She took a kind of a personal shot at Dan Snyder. Do you notice that about his yacht? Is that something that, that even registers for you guys? No. Not the politics stuff?
3: No. And she's running for president.
2: Uh, right. We, we don't, really don't do politics on this We podcast. don't do politics, right. We're not, into, we're not into that. You know who I enjoy on Twitter? Your brother.
3: My brother's on Twitter? He's good.
2: He's fun. <laughs> My brother, George? Your brother, George, and I tweet back and forth fairly regularly. Get out of here. I, I mean, I can pull it up. I'm telling you. he liked, He's on there. Well, he and I had a debate about what's the best kind of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> we, what, where, where are where, you where on you jelly? Where is your
3: jelly? Rankings? I know I don't eat jelly. You don't eat jelly. You don't eat peanut butter and jelly? I don't. I, I, I like peanuts. I don't like peanut butter. How about that? What Look like at that, that breaking news.
4: What is, all it. right. That, now that Super now we're cool. getting somewhere. Well, we joke after the games the players get the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right. at halftime, and, and sometimes Mitch when there's some left over after the game, we rate them each week. So the whole PB and J thing is turned into a big discussion on this. My father was. Love peanut butter jelly. That was his lunch every day.
3: He loved it. That was his snack. What kind of jelly did he use? What's the red stuff? Strawberries is the right answer. No, Grape no, is no, not no, the right <laughs> answer. No, 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 no. And, and with, a, with a good glass of milk is the best way to enjoy a pb Big on milk, big on ice cream, big on peanut butter and jelly. So. It's, that's that's, that's my right kind there. of guy. I'm big that's on all of those things. Friends. I
2: love ice cream, and it shows. Uh, Bruce, I know you have to run. Is there anything you want to say to the fans? I, I know you say that winning games is what will matter, right? Is there anything you want to say to
3: the group that are frustrated? No. No, because we, we share the same frustrations. But the Tennessee game, we had a chance to close to win that game. We, we didn't win it. The Cowboy game, we, we turned it over and allowed some big plays on, on defense. That is frustrating. We just got to keep focused on what is real. What is real is getting our players healthy right now. Jay's done a good job of giving a new coaching staff to our players. And uh, we got we to attack March, in the offseason program, with, with all the spirit and all the blood in us to win. That's all we have to do.
2: Gotcha. Thank you very much. And so the stadium will be at National Harbor, is that right? <laughs> no, no, it's going to be D.C., right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Bruce.
3: Thank you.
5: On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care.
2: It is our sincere pleasure to now bring in Peter King, probably the foremost football writer in America. I know that's a heavy-duty title, but I think you he can handle it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Um, well, thank you for sitting down with us. We are here watching the Pats and the Rams get ready for the Super Bowl. How far away from that level are the Washington Redskins? Wow.
6: I think the Washington Redskins are in the great unwashed. I I just think they're, they're a team that, to me, is in the middle class of the NFL. And any particular Sunday, they can go and play a great game. Uh, because they've got players. To me, and look, this is, a, this is sort of a, a fan letter to, to Ryan Kerrigan. I think they've got three or four players like Ryan Kerrigan who uh, on a given day, on a given Sunday... Uh, can be the best at their position in football. They just don't have enough of them, mm-hmm. and like that's the kind of the, the way I look guys? at it. What's that? Like the young Alabama. Yes, yeah, you know, and and to me, I think one of the things they've done in recent years that I like is they have drafted pedigree as well as player, and I think that's a smart thing in today's football. You look at what Bill Belichick does; he's drafting for specific needs for specific <laughs> things. I know that some people in Washington aren't going to want to hear it, but it was very smart not to change coach is not to blow everything up because when you blow everything up it just puts you behind more and more and more you, you see it in Cleveland for years and years you know in the in the six and a quarter years that Jimmy Haslam has owned the team he's had five coaches and six general managers mm-hmm. you know at some point you have to say listen we're taking this guy and it doesn't matter unless he robs a bank downtown in <laughs> in broad daylight we're not firing him you know because you got to stick to what you do and that's why to me uh look in some ways washington's been snake bit but in the nfl you usually get what you deserve
7: also when you look at that team i look at the past and i look at teams today we look at the passing we talk so much about quarterback but if you can't protect them and you can't get to a quarterback i don't think your team is good so they need to build more with the o-line and d-line we just
6: we just had a, a good segment with deshaun watson You know, uh, over at uh, Pro Football Talk. And one of the things that we talked about was I said to him, You're sacked 62 times this year, Mm -hmm. you're coming off knee surgery. And he's basically like you know that that can't continue, and he knows that he understands that he doesn't want to be David Carr. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and so, to me, I think the best thing that you can see in this era of football, look at I, you know again and again. You always hate to hold up the New England Patriots because pretty good, we though. just always do. Yeah, but. What's been so interesting about the Patriots in this postseason is that they've had uh, 179 offensive snaps in two playoff games. In those 179 snaps, Tom Brady has been sacked zero times knocked down twice and pressured six times. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. It's yeah. totally and you look at that line That'll and good. <laughs> and that that to have a chance like that and think about this Brian, this is not a mobile guy. This is a guy who everybody knows where he's going to be. He's yes. not going to get off his spot. So that's what you need to do and no matter who your quarterback is, you got to build from within and the Patriots have done that. They've spent a lot of draft capital on the offensive line and it's worked out you <laughs> I mean, speaking of quarterback, obviously
4: the Redskins have yeah. quite a situation. Yeah. What do you think they What do you think they end up doing? Do you think they
6: start looking at Kyler Murray at fifteen? They've you think got it. They have to draft a quarterback in the first round, in my opinion. There's no. So do the Giants. So do the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, it's funny. Everybody looks at the last couple of drafts and said, "Oh my God!" You know, there's not going to be many teams that, that are going to need quarterbacks. There've been eight, whatever I think, eight quarterbacks picked. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the first round and high in the last two drafts. Well, now, by my count, there's seven teams in the top 15 of this draft that have a major quarterback need. And what's going to be so interesting is that there's a good chance that the New York Giants and Washington could be in competition for the same guys, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And to me, I, I think I think what's going to be so interesting about this draft is how Kyler Murray is going to be evaluated and valued by all these teams because I think what you've seen in Baker Mayfield, what you've seen in Russell Wilson, what you've seen for a long time in Drew Brees, you've got three sub-6-1 quarterbacks. And I saw one metric by Pro Football Focus that in like the last ten games of this year, those three quarterbacks were three of the top ten rated quarterbacks on their, uh, you know, on their on their metric. And I mean, look, Russell Wilson is three quarters of an inch taller than Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. And so the one difference I would say about Murray that is very interesting, he is a slight guy right, yeah. That's he's small he's he's a, he's almost like a, you know i bet i'm not saying just say it well I mean, no he's, he's he's thin he's yeah, thin he is and and why i think and look th- there's going to be a lot of pressure on him wherever he goes if i were kyler murray i would say Somehow, some way. Look, the New England Patriots have six picks in the first three rounds of this draft. They're gonna pick either 31 or 32nd. This is the year for the Patriots to get their quarterback. Wow. wow. And if if Daniel Jeremiah had his first mock draft, and I and I wrote that Daniel Jeremiah was brilliant to say this because If you think about it, what's Kyler Murray going into if he goes into New England? You know, he's going into a place where he can sit at the right hand of Tom Brady for the next couple of years. No pressure. No pressure. But maybe some Lamar Jackson stuff Mm -hmm. with him. Maybe doing some weird stuff with him. Taysom Hill or whatever. Yeah, or Taysom Hill. And... Most importantly, not just the mental side of it, but I think the physical side of it. Put a little suit of armor on Kyler Murray over the next two years. And on opening day 2021, let's see what we got. Let's see if Brady is still quarterback in the Patriots. Be, but Talk I think the rich getting richer. Mental, <laughs> yeah, yeah. mentally and physically... Okay, mentally and physically, that could be the best two years that that guy could ever spend in the NFL. And it'd be the proper team for him. Oh, yeah. do it
7: right. Yeah. Unlike the
6: Skins, we'll have him starting by week six or something. He- or week one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. all for all week one. but really, the interesting question with Washington, I mean, really, if you take a quarterback in the first round, and if Alex Smith is not ready. Well what do you do you just, Oh well we're going to Blindly just play Colt McCoy Well I, I, I don't know If that's the right way Maybe it will be The right way to go You know to throw Colt McCoy to the Wolves For the first six weeks I, I don't know But I do think That wherever Kyler Murray goes This is not a Baker Mayfield situation Sure You know this is not A situation where As you saw with Mayfield He was very very ready early I think Kyler Murray Needs that time He needs that red shirt year And he might need Two red shirt years Well
2: Peter Let me ask you about the guy making the decisions in Washington because the fans have grown frustrated with Bruce Allen. I don't know if you saw the hashtag trending (laughs) over trending
6: in DC for a while on Twitter, the fire Bruce Allen hashtag. Because I think I think that I think that when when the when they brought in Doug Williams, in part, that was an effort by this team, by the front office, to take the heat off Bruce Allen and say, see, we got another guy, you know, picking the players. But I think everybody knows that Doug Williams Doug Williams is a is an authoritative voice, a trusted voice, and he's somebody who these guys like. But that he's to me like uh, the, the, the you know the the chief scouts and the head coach in Dallas. Okay, Jerry and Stephen Jones are picking the players. Exactly, that's all there is to it. And the he's same thing here. He's a face, yeah. and he's I'm more than that. He's influential. He is influential. But the buck doesn't stop with him. The yeah. Still stops with Bruce Allen. And to me, I think this is the year that if they don't have a big impact draft, Dan, and you've been saying this forever, I'm sure, but Daniel Snyder's going to have to do something to get a full time general manager. Whether he gives that to Doug Williams or whether he brings in some boy genius, uh, I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I, don't know. But uh, you know, to me, I think you look at one of the great jobs that a team has done in recent years is the Indianapolis Colts. Because they basically said to Chris Ballard, we trust you we don't know you all that well but we trust you and you are making every decision so even if jimmy ursay is ticked off and blah 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 blah, there hasn't been an incident an instance yet in the year or so that chris ballard has been there that he hasn't been able to make that decision to me in my opinion that's what you have to have exactly
2: Peter, we know you got a very busy day. We appreciate you taking the time here. It, yeah. My uh, pleasure guys. This Thank has been you. Very cool. It, listening to you talk, you were very nice to me when I was a, a boy at super bowl 30 and it had a huge impact. What on happened? I found you in a hotel lobby and started pestering you with questions yep. about Gus Ferrat or Heath Shuler. <laughs> wow. And I couldn't have been nicer, man. Oh, really? Yeah. How did well, those the, two turn out? out.
4: That,
6: that was out one of, it of the few out. times. Yeah. <laughs> you were right. You said hey. they'd have to go with Shuler because of the contract. You know what? Eventually, was, Gus would get them. I covered that draft that day. At Redskin Park with Norv Turner and Charlie Casserly. And I'll tell you what, they thought they had struck gold with Heath Shuler. First, I mean, that was unbelievable. Practice, we knew they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out after all these years from Brian Mitchell. Oh, my thank Lord. you so
2: much, man. All right, guys, appreciate. thank you. Great. Thanks, Thanks very you. much. <laughs> There aren't enough bigs to say how happy we are to sit down with the Redskins new inside linebackers coach Rob Ryan.
8: Congratulations on the new gig. Oh man, I'm excited. This is going to be so much fun. Uh so much respect for Jay Gruden for, for years, and then actually now I've interviewed you know twice. I wanted to be there so bad. Uh, first time didn't work out, but then uh, this time I'm so happy to be joining them. I mean, Greg, I mean, these guys, man, they want. They make you feel like you just want to go in there and, and, uh, and do something and be able to be a little part of the, their success. I mean, there's a great defense to build on. Those players have, uh, did a great job. Greg had them flying around last year, and they just come in there uh, so excited about coming in there's so much enthusiasm in that building uh man you can feel it and it's just going to be special how did this come about this time then did did jay reach out did greg reach out uh that would be i reached out (laughs) (laughs) said hey i heard there's an opening Yeah. yeah i mean you know i just you know been a long admirer of them and i kept my eye on them and and uh uh you know when i knew it, was, was leaving, then I jumped in and said, hey, come on, man, give me a chance here. I'd love to interview Ford, and I did that, uh, and it went well. And, man, it, I could feel it then, like... This is going to be fun. This is going to be an exciting team. This is going to be a great team. So well coached. And just to get in there, I mean, you know, you got Thomas Hula over there coaching D-line. I mean, you've know, you got a Pro Bowl staff over there, Horton, the heck of a secondary coach. And Minuski is, is tough as they get. And I used to steal stuff out of him all the time uh, to go against the Drew Brees. We beat him in Cleveland, and I'm taking some of Minuski's pressures and using them, and we beat him with Cleveland. So and that's not easy.
4: And, <laughs> so you know, a you know, what's that? Is that how you put him up during the interview?
8: No, nah, I, I should have, though. <laughs> you know, maybe it wouldn't have taken so long. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think you could sugarcoat him.
2: <laughs> no. I, I think between you and Jim Tomsula, the Skins now have the most famous assistant coaching staff in
8: the NFL well, that's going to be the best assistant coaching staff <laughs> in the NFL too. So, uh, it is what it is. I mean, shoot, Jim was head coach. So, right. you know, obviously when well, you've been a prepared, coordinator at a number of spots. Oh yeah. So, you know, like, you know, you get noticed when you go coach at some of the spots I've been, you know, people know who you are. Uh, you know, i Kind of big, so that's you know don't don't look like the average coach. I know about that. Man. I mean, yeah, you look good, and it's a good look. But I like that shirt. Uh, big but, men love yeah, big men. I mean, you know, you know, that's just the way it is. But uh, it's going to be fun, man. I, I, I'm energized. I'm excited. I can I, feel know, it. Yeah. I know I'm going into a group that's an excellent football team they got great coaches
4: and man it's just going to be fun to be around the best I was going to say there's a wealth of knowledge on that defense now. like you said with Jim Tom yourself and, and Minuski how, how is that going? how are you guys going to and Ray Horton, and Ray Horton so know, horse. He's,
8: he's a uh, top uh, coach in the league so yeah. no it's going to be great yeah. I mean it, you know I'm sure it'll be a race in to try to, hey, guys, what about this idea? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking fires it up. I'll probably have five guys up there fighting to get their stuff in. So uh, uh, it'll be fun. That, that's how it was in New England. When I was there in New England, uh, there'd be a challenge. And, you know, Mangini was a big uh, you know, uh, X and O guy as well. So uh, it was fun. And I, th- I think uh, great coaches make others even better. And just look at the job uh, Jay did developing McFay. Uh, Shanahan I mean these, these are guys that learned a lot you know from him and, and I just had so much respect for Jay Gruden uh, going against him he's he was a problem you know? he, he's a pain and that whole family those those guys are great those brothers are great coaches and uh, utmost respect for him and I can't believe I just can't get over the fact that I'm joining them it's going to be awesome and I'm, I'm just can't wait to get there will will it be tough for you to not be in charge
2: Minuski's the coordinator. You've been the coordinator for a decade.
8: Yeah, but, I mean, you know, shoot, I've been part of something. Like uh, when I was in Buffalo, you know, I had my areas that I did. I was in charge of keeping the coverage tight and our uh, pass rush and then red zone. But, uh, you know, I can work with anybody. I enjoy it. I mean, that's sure. – this when you – you know, people have titles and things, but uh, when that ball snapped out there, you just won. You're just a group, you know, trying to to provide for your players – the most information you can and the best way you can deliver it. Uh, I think that's what makes Belichick so unique is his ability to be able to put a lot of information in but the players to decipher it and 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 to want it so there's been some places where uh, I've done a poor job give too much information and guys aren't committed and and it looks that way you know it doesn't work out uh, but when you get when you get to be a part of something special as a coaching staff and when you're all in there tight together you can do some great things and and i know this is an excellent defense last year and you know i look forward to joining
4: you weren't really away from the game past year or so but how much how excited are you to get back back into it the day-to-day the uh you know everydayness of it training camp i can't wait i mean you know
8: been off for two years, I'm sure it was good for me, but I I love to work, I love to work film, I love to do every part about that job, so you miss it, you know, and shoot, I'm in home living in San Diego. Uh, living with the mother in law so I had a house until trying to sell in New Orleans. But uh, living with the mother-in-law, the wife, the daughter, and me. <laughs> and after a while, <laughs> I feel you. So I went out on the docks and took a job for three months. Did you just, really? Just to be around some guys. And <laughs> what uh, were you doing? It felt good. Not a whole lot, just telling a bunch of stories. <laughs> but uh, uh, working for my uh, brother-in-law's, uh, uh, they paint naval ships. And uh, so I was working for him, and uh, it was awesome, though, man. Those boats get hot now, believe me. They get hot in those spots. They get a little narrow for a big guy going down them. But, uh, I believe it. I slowed down a lot, I had a lot of business, man. I was, <laughs> I'm trying to get through here, man. This is tough. I did not know that you were a boat painter. I, I got to uh, say, that wasn't I'm on not your Wikipedia a very, page. not a very good one. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> But I tell you what, I really enjoyed the the camaraderie of people, you know, uh, especially, you know, you're in with the Navy guys. And, and I mean, you know, that's an ultimate team, man. Those guys are a team. And and so it was cool to be around those guys. You see the young faces. You get the energy off of them. And uh, it wasn't as painful being without football, you know, and then to go work for Sky Sports. And and, uh, uh, that was a unique thing, you know, working the media, covering the games. Uh, it was fun, and they're a great, great team as well. So uh, I think as coaches, you just need that. It's, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to function in society without that because it's been so much a, a part of your life. I know you've got a, a lot of people to see,
2: and everybody wants to ask you questions. Um, what about the actual team? I'm guessing you've watched the tape. You know the players you're going in to, to work with. Um, young guy in Sean Deon Hamilton. Zach Brown's in an interesting contract situation. Mason Foster. Ruben Foster, I mean, you, the pieces you're going into work with, what do you think of the talent?
8: Well, I mean, I know uh, I had a chance to see uh, Washington play defense in a couple of games, and they were they were playing outstanding. But I was actually watching more of the scheme than I was the players. Uh, as soon as I get in the building, I'm going to be playing on tape, try to learn my players as best I can, see what I can help them with if there's anything, and uh, try to make tapes that I can, I can do a good job of teaching. And... Uh, You know, and get to learn all of Greg's, you know, schemes and things like that. Well, the one tough thing is when you're a coordinator, you know, you're always putting in your own stuff. Right. So when you go join a team and now you're not the coordinator, it takes a little bit. Like, it took me a little bit to get with uh, Buffalo to... You know, to to learn again instead of just always doing the thing, same like you things you go. know. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, but it's something you love. It's not like you're you know learning a foreign language. Thank God. But uh, that's actually, why you go to my London. My son's actually right. majoring in that in the University College of London. He's studying. He's studying. Uh, shoot, I don't even know the darn things. Uh, Mandarin and something else. Wow. But he's uh, smart kid. Oh yeah, really smart kid. Yo hablo kid poquito uh, español. See. Si. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know. It's, uh it 's fun though you know I go to a But anyhow, Whoa, that, was, you know, that was that was the that 's yeah. the only thing I memorized from French one so
2: i't uh, <laughs> right, ask you me to three. say anything else <laughs> <laughs> two two quick ones to, before we let you go um, sitting next to you i 've never noticed it, but Lebowski, Do you ever get
8: comparisons? I do. And, you know, here's the thing now. i, I got to check those dates because I was in Oakland when the shooting was, you know, the, the filming of oh the boy. big Lebowski was going on. So I think I inspired the guy. But here's the great thing. Should we start calling for, you the for, dude? You know, I've been called worse. <laughs> uh, but, so, what? Yeah. And uh, I get called Rex a lot. But uh, uh, the, the great thing is I met him in an airport. Never recognized him, of course. I'm terrible with people, you know, faces and stuff. And then uh, my wife's like, "That's uh, Jeff Bridges." I'm like, "No, oh, it is." got my picture taken with well,
2: it was pretty cool have you ever seen the spider-man meme where it's spider-man <laughs> <laughs> looking at spider-man that that's you
4: no th- that's, that's you and deep. jeff bridges that's All right. too deep for um, me here's our uh, last thing big social media guy here
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, our, uh, i have no social media I, that, <laughs> thank god it might be the right move yeah. um every show i open by saying what up everybody and i'm wondering if you can give me your version of what up everybody What up, everybody? I love it.
4: I like it. it. I like it.
2: Rob, I'm looking forward to pestering you with questions all season, man. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah,
8: great. I'm looking forward to it, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. Thank you. Good luck.
2: So, it's pretty interesting. You talk about one of the most regal men you ever played for. Joe Gibbs is about to sit down with us. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Look at Gee, that! This is about as cool as it gets. I, I mean, the amount of
5: Super Bowls we got going this. on right here. Okay, so I I have to tell
1: Man.
5: I have to tell <laughs> I have to tell a story on Joe Gibbs. I, he needs to put his headphones on, because I have told this story across the country while I'm speaking, and how much you mean to me. First off, I love you. And um, I'm I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry about hearing about JD, and I know that um, I know that he's in heaven, and so I'm thankful for that. But I want to tell this story. In 1992, I am hurt, I am injured. I am playing every game, but I am not practicing, and I know that drove Joe Gibbs crazy. Yep. Me not practicing.
1: Slacker. <laughs> oh, yes.
5: But I'll never forget, I come out from the elevator, and I'm sure Joe had been warned that I was coming because he wanted to talk to me. And I come out of the elevator, and he asked me to show up to his office the next morning. which is the worst thing you can do to a player, by the way, is go, can you come in? Nathan? know, let's just handle it now, right? right No, coach. (laughs) Right? So I go to Joe's office, 9 o'clock meeting, so 845, and I I kid you not, I barely rap on the door. It's like I'm hoping he doesn't hear me. I was like, hey, I was in your office, 845. You didn't hear me, right? (laughs) So he invites me into his office, and I come sit down, and he praises me for toughness and playing hurt and all those things. And then he points to a grease board in the corner of his office, and there's about 15 names on there, and mine is one of those names. He says, I want you to know that I pray for you by name every morning. And Joe... are an amazing man and you've affected so many people like myself for Christ Definitely. and I just appreciate all you stand for and I appreciate your journey and um, and I thank you for all that you've done in my life and my family's life and all the people that you've coached and we we just love you man you're uh, one of the w- w- most wonderful people I've ever been around
1: I appreciate that so much I think I think back to those days and the memories and but it's the people and our team and and the chemistry and the kind of people we had and all those stories, the funny things that happened in practice Mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, uh, and when we had that reunion, we had 90 of the guys come back, and they all – I felt like I may be the only one that would emotionally remember all those things. Every guy that got up got emotional. Yeah tears mm, yeah. and was saying what a great time it was for all of us. And I, I just appreciate the guys so much. And there were so many stories that I didn't... I was talking to Riggins yesterday by the way, and so, you know, just I I, I don't do that often. Right, You can't get Riggins. Right. He wouldn't talk to me as a player. Right. <laughs> a little bit like Brian. Right. They were, were going to sass you. They weren't going to talk to you. But, uh, you know, I do... Those days were so uh, I think we just had a special group, special time. All those memories. I just, I just love it. I love the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I worry about our guys today. I want them all to be, you know, doing great. And so I'm there for anybody out there in our group that needs help or something, come to me.
7: Yeah, I think that's the whole thing. When people talk about leading by example, you did that. Because your door was open to everybody. You were that guy that was willing to help and worried about us more as human beings and football players, and I think that is the reason that the team took on your persona. Uh, people always talk about players being an extension of their coach's personality, and they are, people always talk, oh, Coach Gill." I said, yeah, Coach Gill's very nice, but he's intense now. I remember the Philadelphia game. We were losing at yeah. halftime, and the, the table got flipped over. That's <laughs> right. It changed the whole mindset. Now, and Coach, <laughs> I talk so much, and JP will tell you about your halftime adjustments. What went into you going into the halftime and deciding to get rid of half of the playbook that we put in all week and run just a particular amount of plays. Well,
1: I really think from a coaching standpoint, you only got 12 minutes or whatever. You got to really be organized. So on the sideline, I was fortunate to have great coaching staff, but you make those notes as you go. And most of the time it was, Brian, what you said, it's eliminating things and saying we want to do this or correcting something where you really had a mess. And so I think you do need to be organized. I think it is something that can make a huge difference. And uh, but I, I, you know, I, I think we won games because of our players. We had a great coaching staff too, funny guys, and all the guys we had. I had on the sideline calling plays. I got bro on yeah. one side. I got <laughs> bugle on the other. One of the things I, this I always remember this in a preseason game. We're getting ready for a preseason game. These two guys are on the side of me kickoff. Bugle starts going, I gotta run it back and no good. He's calling people names. Bro is doing the same thing. And they crossed in front of me. And I'm kind of like this. It's preseason. These two guys were freaking out. And I swear, I went like this. I dropped my head and I started laughing. And they caught me on TV. I I said, I got two morons on the sideline. And, you know, you're down there. People say, well, how could you make mistakes calling plays? Try getting all the sideline you guys know. You got guys with blood on them, yelling four-letter words. You got coaches going up. People are screaming. The field is crowned. You got 22 guys, and you're supposed to do something smart? <laughs> it's
5: crazy. We, we put a play in to play the Giants, and of course, Lawrence Taylor, one of the great, we got to the point where we just never nah. ran away from him. We always ran to him, and I'll never forget, we put in this play called, we used to be a counter team. Well, you know, you'd, you'd break the huddle, and we're running counter, and you know, I'd peek down the line. Line of scrimmage, and Lawrence Taylor just be frothed at the bit, and I'm like, "This is gonna hurt me a lot more. It's gonna hurt him. I guarantee that, right?" So, so we put in counter outside, and so my responsibility was I'm screaming on line of scrimmage, and I just, I just juke him. Like I went outside, and then I had the force corner, of the force safety it was a force, and then the next guy was with Joe Jacoby at the time had to cut him, and so I come screaming down, he goes to you know, try to shorten my neck. I slip him. I get to the outside, and we and we busted for about. 12 yards and I'm thinking this is the greatest play that, that, that Joe Gibbs has ever designed. I thought this was the greatest thing ever. I just have to hit a little guy and I have to avoid Lawrence Taylor and this is great. I come back to the huddle and as I'm walking back, Lawrence Taylor is hunting me up and he is cussing up a blue streak. You ever do that again? You bleep in and bleep, bleep. and I, I literally, I, I think I peed my pants just a little bit because he was the most frightening man I've ever seen. And I was like, look at the sideline like, don't run it again. I know we got 12
1: yards yeah, yards don't run that play again. The guy that didn't like it was Jacoby. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> I, do, I do. When I see Doc Walker, Jacoby, uh-huh. and you, I say I think I shortened all you guys to <laughs> about an inch and a half. They are calling, calling right. bang plays right. and counter. Yeah, run and counter. for sure. So anyway, we got... The other the other thing I remember about Brian, I got to tell this story about yeah. Brian. So here's our all-star punt return, all the things that he did for us, and he's Running plays against the team, and he wanted to run plays against our defense. So we're getting ready to send here. Remember that? It was uh, a yeah. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo. And so he's out there, and he's yelling at the defense. Four letter words, and everything. <laughs> and I'm going, These guys are starting to get tick I says, We're going to get our Pro Bowl. And if you remember, I cut practice short. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I cut practice short. I said, it got intense that he, Super Bowl week. He, I'm, I'm, I'm going to criticize him a little bit. I'm going to say, I'm not sure how smart they are. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, he's but you talk about a tough dude. Oh, there is, no, there is no question. A, Emily had him playing quarterback in the body bag game. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, and Mark was just saying that in Philadelphia, they, they've, they've lionized that body bag game like it was so yep, important. Yep. And they forget that you guys beat him in the yeah, playoffs.
5: We came back four weeks later and beat
1: him in the playoffs. I was just
5: like, come on, get out of here. Oh,
1: I got to tell you that thing. I, I do remember that. But it's all, all those things about those years and the funny things that happened in practice. All. Things that happen. I, I remember the other thing is we always practice outdoors. I didn't want to. I didn't want to bubble, and so we always practice outdoors. you I I see why, you, I think think matter, you always bring that up. <laughs> but we we come in one day and I, I slept at the office. I didn't know what was going on out there, and the coaches all said we can't go out there. I said we're going out. And so I remember getting out there early. They're trying to get the tarp off the field. It's dragging guys, the wind, and it's sleet coming. And so I stood out there for about five minutes, and one of the first guys out on the field was Riggins. Uh And he's looking at me like this. And so I stood out there leaning into it for about five minutes, and I said, I think we need to call this off. And he goes, good idea. (laughs) we did only two practices Uh ever that we missed. There were two the entire time. We were outdoors after it. I used to yell, it's red skin weather. Oh yeah. 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 The, oh, yeah. I bet you the Giants are not going inside.
5: <laughs> it was red skin weather at camp if it was 100 degrees in Carlisle or it was, if it was 12 and, and sleeting sideways, it was red skin weather. Exactly. Exactly. Uh,
1: you got to play in it, right? Oh, uh, uh, absolutely. I used to say things in meetings. I said, I'm sure they don't get that. And as soon as we get to practice, I'd hear it coming back. They don't miss anything. Yeah. The collective football mind doesn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: My job is to ask questions and move this along. I just want to hear you guys keep talking.
1: I think like, this
2: is the most fun I've had all week, oh, and we're goodness. at the Super Bowl. It, it's incredible to have this collection of people. Coach, I want to extend my sympathies. Mark, yeah,
5: I, I just want one thing, one more thing, really quick. The very first meeting is a 10th rounder out of Idaho. I sat in the very front row. One, because I just was like, if, if it came down between me and another guy, maybe Joe would have seen the guy that sat in the front row, and maybe I'll get the chance. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my thought process and I was ready to as Joe entered that room, the very first mini camp, to take these copious notes and to learn something about football. And the very first meeting I was ever involved in, Joe walked up to the front of the off or the front of the room and said, I'm gonna give you three priorities for your life. One, your your relationship with with the Lord. Yep. Two, with your family and your friends. And three, football. And you cannot be the best football player unless you have oh, your God. first priorities, your first two priorities in life. And that and it, break it up with your individuals. That was our whole that was our whole <laughs> meeting. And you know what? I've used that throughout my entire life.
1: Uh, oh yeah, well, I appreciate that. I thank. You. I, I'm not the best at keeping my priorities in order either. I gave yep. it to you guys. It's hard to do, yeah. as you guys know. And you get things turned around. But I, if you can do that, I think it's probably the, the, the best thing for your profession, for your family, and certainly our relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. which comes first. And so I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate you stories and everything. I just want you all to know how much I appreciated being a part of all that reunion they told a lot of stories I wasn't aware of. Sure. We, we, we kept some things you away know, we, from the Coach. Had, we had some characters. You win with characters. Right. Hey, you know, I, I, got, I got blamed for being, you know, everybody says I was milk toast. You know what I mean? I actually love the characters that we had and all the mm. fun we had and all that kind of stuff. I probably came across as being this, this stuffy guy, but that that's not really what
2: nah, we a good do. team is. So. What's it like? Because it takes a, a special, dynamic person to be able to handle the personalities of Brian Mitchell and Mark Schlereth and John Riggins and Dexter Manley. How Alvin you, Walton, sure. How, <laughs> how do you juggle all these guys? And, and still, I mean, I talked to a number of former Redskins players that played with you, including in, in your second go-round with the team, and Cl- Santana Moss and Chris Cooley. Everyone says what you mean. To them is beyond any other football coach. How does it feel to know you have that love and respect from all these guys across generations?
1: You know, what people ask me all the time. They said it must be hard handling, you know, those guys with, you know, high end guys that are hard to handle that have you know, think a lot of themselves. I tell them, I tell you, that wasn't it at all. Our guys cared about what they were doing. Obviously, you all want to make the team. We mm-hmm. all want to be. Our, our guys were great people, and I didn't—I didn't have a lot. And you know, every now and then you get somebody's a jerk, you know. But honestly, you get rid of the jerks and keep the good guys. That's how you win. Yeah. And we had good guys. I—I I, I didn't have any problems motivating our team and everything. Matter of fact, I think at that practice is up there at uh, that we had in um, Minnesota. Minnesota, Madden was there at practice. They said, I cut it short. I said, we're going to kill each other. And they said he turned around to the people with him and said, these guys are going to kick their (laughs) Right. Yeah, we had great people, great guys. And that's what you win with in any sport. And The best people in the world doing something. The NFL, now I'm in NASCAR, the best people in the world racing cars. It's it's people. You win with people. It's not parts and pieces, trick plays. It's people. You win with people. So you get good people, you're going to have a good team. Coach, I'm sure a ton of people
7: out there want to support anything that you do, and you have a a, a legacy fund for J.D., jdgibbslegacy.com. Can you talk to people how they can uh, help?
1: Yeah. The biggest thing I would love for people to see, last Friday we had a service. I'm telling you, that service, if there's anything honored the Lord, it was J.D.'s life and that service, the way it went. I really want people to go and see that because I have a lot of people walking up to me and saying changed my life or oh, no. I, I need to be a better person so JD Gibbs legacy.com and then you know we started a fund JD's dream was to have uh, young life and inner city inner city kids mm-hmm. they couldn't afford normally to have young life leaders and so we started a fund with that but the biggest thing is go to that see that service is what I'd love for people to do
2: how, is, how are you doing? I, I know this must just be an impossible time, and, and we appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Everyone we've seen, heard, spoken to just talked about what an incredible impact J.D. made, yeah. and, and just please know that, that our hearts are with you. Definitely. As somebody yeah. that gave so much, the, the whole Redskins world is out there thinking of you, praying for you, hoping the best for you and your entire family.
1: I, I thank you a lot for that. You know, both my kids, Coy and J.D., and the Beathard boys were there in camp, and so the Players actually raised Coy. I I came in one day and they had completely taped Coy up and had him sitting on a bench. You know what I mean? And so I I blame them for half the bad things that my kids do. And so they raised my kids, really. And uh, my favorite story, I asked Pat, could I take Coy to camp and he was only 10. I said, I'll watch him. I'll watch him. Nothing. J.D. will be there. I'll watch him. I went to camp in there. Three days later, I hadn't thought one thing about Coy. And I'm walking to I'm walking to lunch uh-huh. at the chow hall, and I see this kid thrown off the upstairs steps, and he's rolling in the grass. And I went, oh, my God, that's Coy. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom boys had thrown it out. Him. He had chocolate from one end to the other. His eyes were back an inch in his Man. head. He hadn't slept for three days. <laughs> I scooped him up, and I said, if you tell your mother this, <laughs> I go back, gave him a bath, put him in bed. I think he slept 14 hours. Right. Anyway, they, they raised my kids. Right. We miss J.D. so much. Yes. Yes. And so I appreciate you guys. and. Everybody go to that website. That's the best thing you could do for me.
2: i got to ask, you got one Super Bowl ring on. you you got three of them. You're only
1: wearing one. (laughs) Which one are you wearing, and how do you pick? Well, I just picked – I had the last one. I rotate them around some. This is 90. You picked the right one. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I got the others. I got them on display there at the race shop, so people come in. They get a chance to see them, which is great. We, so,
2: we did a trivia question the other day, and I want to ask you guys. You, you've you all held it. How much does the Lombardi
1: Trophy weigh? If I had to guess, I'd say like maybe 10 pounds. I don't know.
5: Mark, you got a guess? Uh, I never actually picked one up. So, really? Yeah. I mean, I was an offensive lineman. Nobody cares about.
1: Me my penny.
5: I, I'm, I, so I'll just guess uh, eight, eight, 20 pounds. You went from eight to twenty. Nah. I was gonna go eighteen, then I went to twenty. Eight pounds. It was yeah, right at eight yeah, pounds. right at eight pounds. Oh, it was. I meant yeah, I was gonna go eight. So let's just. <laughs>
2: How much fun was it for you, and, and Coach, this was your identity with this Redskins team, yeah. the Hogs. Yeah. There aren't many great offenses, great football teams that are known for the O-line. Yeah. How much fun was it for you, Mark, to be a Hog
5: and be part of that tradition in Washington? It was It was amazing because I came there, you know, and I was, like I said, a little 10th rounder out of Idaho. I just want to keep my mouth shut. And I knew one thing is, is that if I didn't make the team, it was because because I wasn't good enough, and I was going to live with that. That had have been fine, but it wasn't going to be from a lack of effort, and it wasn't going to be because I let people push me around. And the first start I ever got was in Philadelphia against the Eagles, and there's two things that kind of happened to me. One, Russ Grimm and Jeff Bostic and Joe Jacoby all drugged me through to start watching film with them. This is how you actually watch, how you study the game, how you learn the game. And I had so much reverence for those guys and, and for playing offensive line. I really never wanted to let anybody down. I really just wanted to do my job and be physical, and and not let people down. So that happened, and then we're we're playing the Eagles. We won that game ten to three. I think we had I think Jamie Morris had like 53 carries. I mean it was ridiculous, <laughs> right? And so we were just a bunch of young guys and, and and a bunch of guys that hadn't played before. So I get on the bus to go to that game. One thing, Doug Williams walks on the bus, and he walks past me, and then he stops and he turns back around, and he said listen, the only difference between you and those guys is they've had a chance to make a name for themselves, and today's going to be your chance. I have full faith in you. You're going to be great. And so I was like, wow. So I get on the field, well, I'm warming up with Joe Jacoby, and literally he hit me so hard in warm-ups he knocked me out. I was like, Joe Jacoby was a monster. Oh yeah. So well, He's like, you want any more? I'm like, I don't want nothing. Like, I, that was the hardest I've ever been in my game Is in pre-game warm-ups with Joe Jacoby. And I'm playing against Mike Pitts, and everybody across the boards of first rounder and they're the Philadelphia Eagles that got the best defense in captivity and I am wearing my pits out in this game wearing him out and so probably second quarter he took a swing at me and um, he's mad that he's getting worn out he figured he was going to have a field day and I literally tried to break his, break his freaking jaw I hit him so hard because I was like you're not just because I'm a 10th rounder from Idaho you are not going to punk me Yeah. and so then Ernest Byner came and dove in the pile like people are pulling me out out. Flags are going all over the place, and um, and so I came back that Monday. We had the films, and uh, Joe Bugle, our offensive line coach, looked at me and said, "Hey, uh, I don't need you getting flags. You understand me?" And I said, "Yeah, you know, yes, sir." And he goes, "That's great." <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. That was great. Yes. Don't do it, but, was but I love it. Yes. That, was, awesome. yeah. it, that was the first it. game I ever played for the Washington Redskins. Ended up getting like a game ball, and, and uh, we won that game ten to three. And it
7: was all. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but I I'll tell you, I went down when I went down to, and we went to Coach's uh, his his facility in Charlotte. Oh my lord. Mm. The, the floors you can eat off of. It, it, every look, everything he does is first class. And one thing about leaders, they try and breed leaders, and I think he did that for everyone. And I think that. That's the reason you had so many money and all those guys. The players run that team, mm. and he knew who he can count on. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the whole thing about it. I think the way you worked people, you didn't. People talk so much. I don't think they really understand how you did it. You gave people confidence along the way, so I can now trust him. And I think that's the way people grow from learning from a person like yourself, and then you giving them some that you show them that you believe in them, and that makes people go out and want to please.
1: Well, we had it. Really was. I felt like our players led the team. Matter of fact, I had about 10, 12, and whenever we had an issue going, I would get that 12, you know, the leaders in the room, and I I would say, This is your team. You need to fix it. I would try and lay it on them. let Let me say this. They fixed it. Yeah, I bet. They, they oh did. yeah! yeah. Oh yeah. Group, Nobody group, wants to disappoint you. That, that group fixed it. I will say that. You, you, you win. You really win with players. And, you know what's crazy about coaches? I I'll share this with you. At night, we're there all night working on game plans. You know what we talk about? Players. We really do. It's kind of like your. You know what I mean, but you respect players so much, you wanted to be one of them. I wasn't good enough, Bugle wasn't good enough. We love those guys, and, and, and what you do at practice and some of the crazy stuff that happens at practice you know, you really do. You talk about players and how much you respect them, and I, I think it's just and that camaraderie. You know, we had we, we what we call the sub. We stayed in there all night. We said, we're going down. We're (laughs) We're not coming up to 3 in the morning. Trash trucks used to come at 3 in the morning. I said, okay, it's time to go to bed. And so, anyway, it was – but all of that and the coaching staff, too. The coaching staff that you have Mm -hmm. are real key. And it's kind of – I think that camaraderie. Things in life, do you go through? I mean, physically getting hit, knocked around, ups, downs, blood, sweat, tears. It's really uh, Charles may said to me after that Super Bowl in Minnesota. We were standing out there doing a wrap up for it, and he said, "I remember this." He turned to me and he goes, "You know, it's not really having the ring. It's getting here. All the stuff you went through mm-hmm. during the year." practices the losses they get it's that journey yeah. that's what you remember
2: when I played fifth grade football, I wore 71 because yes. of Charles Mann. Yeah, you can relay that to him, big.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had no sex though. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 wasn't,
2: I wasn't exactly quick off the edge, yeah. um, Coach. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the current Redskins. Yeah, I, I know. I saw you there, Week 17. I, I imagine you, you talked about how they can get better, what fixes they need. What do you think they need to do to, to get back to a winning football culture?
1: I actually think last year, I really felt like when they made when it was obvious that they were going to have a problem at quarterback and they went and got Alex. I thought that was a good move. I really did. I thought he could give them leadership. I thought he could give them three years and get them back going. And so they made a good move. I, I, I just for the last two years, they have been decimated Yeah. with injuries. Sure. You know, I, I was thinking about it, Mark. It's probably good I'm on here talking to you guys remember us going through that back no. in our day can you imagine leaving, losing the whole offensive line and two quarterbacks get broken legs i mean come on
4: yeah,
1: I, yeah. I, I just don't remember that and so i don't for whatever reason bad luck whatever but that can decimate a football <laughs> team if you get those kinds of injuries and i think jay and the guys i think you made good news bruce and everybody i felt like we we're going to be in the playoffs last year for sure with the injuries I think it took yeah. it away from I him. think
5: one of the things that's interesting in today's league compared to when we came or when I came in and, and compared to then is that because of the way they've structured the salary cap there's I always call it the 80-20 rule 20% of the guys make 80% of the money and we had such good players such depth. Our yeah. backup players yes. were were former starters who and could flat play. Yeah. And, and if we needed you them, on the you could, squad, yeah, you could overcome an injury or two. Today's game, you have one key injury, and you're and you're
7: essentially sunk.
1: Yeah. I didn't think about it that way, but that, there's probably a lot to that. Yeah, yeah. I always
7: talk about the depth of the offensive line because I, I I think kind of like you, coach. Give me a whole line of D line, and I'm gonna figure out the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep saying that because every year when they lost somebody on the offensive line, they basically didn't have anybody to step in and just hit the ground running. You look at, like, I was naming yesterday, Addicts, you, Ray Brown, Riley McKenzie, Ed Simmons. That that offense is not going to play anywhere. We had a Hall of
5: Famer (laughs) in Russ Grimm that played the first four games of the season and then took the back seat. goes, okay, you guys take the rest of this (laughs) and I'll just be ready when when called upon because his body at that point had been pretty broken down. And, And he was, I mean, he's the smartest football player I've ever been around in my entire life. He once asked me as a rookie as I'm starting, he asked me where the umpire was. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, where was the umpire? And I'm like, What do you mean where's the umpire in baseball? I'm like, I'm looking at the defense. He goes, you gotta look for the umpire. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, because if he's on your inside you can yank the guy down with your outside hand. (laughs) I'm like, what? A
0: true veteran.
5: Yes. True veteran. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This has been fun, man. This has been great. I can't thank you guys enough.